Um, let's pray, and then I'll tell you what we're going to do today. <clears throat> Dear Lord God, we thank you. Oh, we thank you um, for Jesus and for all it, all it is that you have done for us in and through him. And we ask now um, that you would open our eyes to him and open our eyes to um, how he is um, for us and how you are for us in and through him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so I've been, um, I was delighted to get to be the pinch hitter this week. We had a class cancel and I was like, ooh, put me in coach. So, um, <laughs> so I have a, um, some of you know, I, I did my thesis in seminary on John's gospel, on one specific passage from John's gospel. And I'll spare you from telling everything that I told in that thesis paper, but it's on, I wrote it on John 28 or John 18:28 through 19:16, which is um, the part in the Passion narrative of John where Jesus stands before Pontius Pilate. And in the other Gospels, Jesus' time before Pilate doesn't take up as many verses. John really draws it out, and you see much more uh, of what, it, what happened and what went on between them than you see in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Um, and so I thought, well, why not um, explore this through film and through the way Jesus' films have looked at this particular interaction between Jesus and Pilate. Um, so I'm going to start with my least favorite um, and probably the most bracing and annoying Jesus film that is out there. In fact, it was made into a play recently and I'm, um, I almost walked out um, because it was so rough. But the, the only good thing, well, that's not true. Um, you'll see in the interaction, once I read John's Gospel, after um, we see this little clip, um, you'll see how, how closely um, the maker of this film is trying to get to you the actual dialogue that the scriptures record happened between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. But of course, um, this is all sung in this particular film because I'm speaking, of course, of, um, of Jesus Christ, Superstar. So brace yourself. You see it? Is it on? There it goes. It's going to be loud. Is once again my guest. And why is this? Was Herod unimpressed? We turn to Rome to sentence Nazareth. We have no law to put a man to death. <coughs> we need him crucified. It's all you have to do. We need him crucified. It's all you have to do. Talk to me, Jesus Christ. You have been brought here, manacled, beaten by your own people. Do you have a first idea why you deserve it? Listen, king of the Jews, where is your kingdom? Look at me. Am I a Jew? I have no kingdom. In this world, I'm true. There may be a kingdom for me somewhere, if you only knew. Then you are a king, then. It's you that say I am. I look for truth and find that I get down. Well, what is truth? It's truth I'm changing it all. We both have truths. Am I the same as yours? Crucify him! Crucify him! What do you mean? You crucified your king? We have a king, but Caesar! Is 
no wrong. No, not the slightest thing. We are the king of Caesar, crucified in new respect for Caesar. Now this has been noticeably lacking. Who is this Jesus? Why is he different? You Jews produce messiahs by a sackful. We need him crucified. It's all you have to do. We need him crucified. It's all you have to do. Talk to me, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I'll agree, he's mad, or to be locked up, but that is not a reason to destroy him. He's a sad little man, not a king or god, not a thief, I need a crime. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> really hard. Okay, I'm going to read um, from John's Gospel now, and then we can talk about this. There's a lot to talk about. So this is a reading from John chapter 18, beginning at verse 28. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the praetorium. It was early. They themselves did not enter the praetorium so that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them, and of course the them are the Jewish leaders, and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have handed him over. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for, for us to put any man to death. This was to fulfill the word which Jesus had spoken, to show by what death he was to die. Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight that I might not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingship is not from the world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no crime in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Will you have me release for you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no crime in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard these words, he was all the more afraid. He entered the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. 
Pilate therefore said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Upon this, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, and in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed over to them to be crucified. The word of the Lord. Um, this long interaction back and forth between Pilate and the Jewish leaders in the crowd outside, then Pilate coming back inside to be with Jesus and to interrogate Jesus. There's a lot of back and forth. And in this back and forth that John shows us, the other gospel writers don't tell us about this back and forth, but in this back and forth we see almost this physical manifestation of Pilate's indecision. He, he says three times, I find no guilt in him. He is back and forth, back and forth, not sure about this man, Jesus. Um, what is different? It, it, did you hear some echoes in the rock musical Jesus film, Jesus Christ Superstar, which I showed you first, which is very, it's hard, isn't it? I think it's, there's something, I'm not a musician, but there's something about the key that they chose to sing it in. It just grates on my ears so much. It's dissonant. It's, it's is it dis- dissonant. It, it causes that tension. Yeah. Because it's not a resolved chord. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Exactly. That's what makes it brilliant, I think. Yeah, I do think it's brilliant. I think that the movie itself is problematic, and the ending is extremely problematic, and the way they portray Jesus is problematic. But that particular scene, the scene with Jewish leaders and the scene with Pontius Pilate, they're almost going verbatim from Scripture, with one exception. I mean, other than the disco clothes and the, you know, all <laughs> you know, just sort of. I kind of like the disco clothes. I got, it's sort of imaginative, and it seems like analogous to the first century on some level. It's um, <laughs> not funny. Now, you know, in if you know, if from there to here we were to translate it, it seems sort of appropriate to me. Sort of the power and the um, the raw um, energy of kind of the Romans. Any thoughts about this film, though? What what is wrong about it? What does it not get? that you heard when I read John's Gospel just now. What is there that it distinctly, patently does not get the biggest thing? There's there a couple of things. I mean, it just there are no right answers. We'll, we'll throw away the recording if you want me to. <laughs> but I'd rather have you talk than not talk. I've never seen, seen the, the, the movie or the play or anything. Uh, I, Jesus looked kind of wimpy. Exactly! He's such a wuss! Uh Jesus is such a wuss, and then do you hear the words coming out of his mouth? The words coming out of his mouth, whoever wrote that play, I forget, I ought to know, and it's not at the top of my head. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, Yeah. but did he, did Andrew Lloyd Webber do the the words as well as the the music? I know he did. Tim Rice, Rice. that's what you said. Yeah, okay, thank you. So Tim Rice is doing the words. How is he depicting Jesus? 
it departs from scripture. He's wimpy, and then the words, yes, you're weak. He's weak. And also, did you hear what he said? I might have a kingdom. I hope I have a kingdom. He's disbelieving who he is. He doesn't believe that he is the son of God. And that, whatever Tim Rice might believe about Jesus, is not what the scriptural witness shows us. Because when you hear that, Jesus, um, before Pontius Pilate, is very different, according to John. Um, When Pontius Pilate asks him his first question, um, Pilate comes inside and says, Are you the king of the Jews? What does Jesus do? But he answers a question with a question. How about that? Well, it's also a power play. Who is in control of the situation? Jesus says, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Um, And so Jesus answers this question with a question. Um, And I'm going to show you another Jesus-Pilate interaction right now, and we'll talk about this one. So um, you can tell me how you think this one might be different. (coughs) Is this the man you think so dangerous? This is Franco Zeffirelli. This? 1964. The man that aspires to be a king. show you one more. This is the same film. We won't watch. It's too much for me. I can never watch those scenes. Not for long. Especially not if it's Mel Gibson showing it.
About this one. He's not a wimp here. He's not a wimp here. Why? Tell us. What do you notice? He does have a powerful presence. How is that done? How does Zeffirelli show us his powerful presence? Franco Zeffirelli is one of the. Uh, is, he's an incredible Italian director. <coughs> if you don't know. Um, how about that moment when Jesus comes in? He's backlit. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's so regal. Even in that moment, even as he's staggering a little bit, he's so regal. His kingship is undeniable. He's clearly from somewhere else, isn't he? In the way he looks off in his passive resistance to Pilate. Um, What else do you notice about it? I think Pilate looks more truly vexed in in the musical than he does. It's Rod Taylor. Is that it's that Rod Steiger. What do you notice about what about what about his acting? Do you notice? Is he? Which, well, Rod Steiger is clearly a better actor. Yeah, he's a, he's a more accomplished actor. Not and as vexed. Yeah. With the power, with the conflict going on. The tension is not high. Mm-hmm. You don't feel that tension. You feel it in his acting. Jesus, which is totally wrong, oh, and, no. but and it's sort of off-putting. I, I cannot see. And Zeffirelli like zeroes in on his beautiful blue eyes, and I'm like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then also his otherworldly, no. Well, I, I'll go why I don't like the otherworldly. It's true, but I there's something else going on for me. But with Pilot, Pilot vexes me in this one. He's not vexed, but Pilot is he's acting. Angry. He's, he's angry. angry. He's frustrated. He's frustrated. I he's like also I don't feel like he's cut. Yeah. 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 Did you hear that? In the Bible, he seems sympathetic, and in this version, he does not he seem sympathetic. Yeah. In the Gospel of Luke and in the Gospel of John, Pilate 
three times professes Jesus' innocence. In Luke uh, 23, 4, 14, and 23, he says in this succession, I find no guilt in him. I did not find this man guilty to the crowd. I have found in him no guilt deserving death. And then also in John, in John it's verbatim, verbatim three times, 1838, 19.4, and 19.6. I find no guilt in him. Pilate it truly believes in his innocence. You were going to say something too. Yeah. Think these fairly intimate, seemingly fairly intimate conversations between Jesus and Pilate were captured. How did John get them? I've thought about that too, and I, I, I don't know except that it would have. Well, first of all, in John's Gospel, we hear that another disciple besides Peter has been following Jesus, and that this particular disciple knows the high priest, has some kind of in with the high priestly family, and he goes into the high priestly compound. Um, earlier in chapter 18. I do believe that's John, the beloved, I believe the beloved disciple is John the Evangelist, the author of the gospel. Um, And so, which is really interesting. John had high priestly connections. How would he have gotten in there? And But we find him there also. We find the beloved disciple at the foot of the cross. Because remember in John's gospel, Jesus says to this disciple, behold your mother about his own mother um, urging this disciple to take care of his mother Mary Um, so this disciple has followed closely along so I think it's even possible even though the religious authorities didn't go go in because they didn't want to defile themselves before uh, during the Passover feast they wanted to be able to celebrate as much as possible I would think that um, if if John is concerned about losing Jesus Forget about the Passover. Let's go in. I want to see if I can get my ear to the doorway. So I think that's possible. But then we also see um, in Luke on the road to Emmaus and then all throughout in the time between the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus is explaining the scriptures to the disciples. He's walking them through it. And I think he's probably also there giving them accounts of things that they might not otherwise have seen themselves. Does that help? Um, so, okay, so Pilate, I find Pilate to be less movable in this one. He's so outwardly gesticulating with his eyes. He's a very good actor, mm-hmm. but I'm so, I'm, when I'm watching him, I'm saying, oh, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. But that's a sign that you're not really engaged I, I as think, an actor. I think yeah. what you're seeing in this person is yeah. Rod Steiger coming through as Pilate because he rarely plays the uh, compassionate character. Oh, that's a great thing. Policeman. Yeah. yeah. So you, so that's really him not playing outside of his type. He's just playing yeah. his type yeah. as Pilate. Watch, that's good for me now because I don't know a lot about Steiger. in the heat of the night and you see the same character. Yeah, that's true. I remember that. <laughs> good point, Joe. Well, let's. I think that's great. Let's look at another pilot. Um, and this one, you might be. I don't know which other guy. Deborah, what do you make of the like the reading this morning when we talk about Pilate's wife? Sending word to him, you know, do not mess with this man. I've been having troubled dreams about him. Is that in the other Gospels? In Matthew. Or just this one? It's only in Matthew. It's not in John. And we're going to see that right now. Um, because no, it is an important. <coughs> this is the passion. So there we see her say, we don't have nothing to do with him. I'm not going to stay here very long. We all know what happened. 
That is Pilate's truth. Isn't that beautiful how they get to the heart of the matter, that he really is trapped between a rock and a hard place. He is being accused of treason against Caesar by his very subjects. Um, and his hand is forced and yet not forced. If he would hear the truth and see who Jesus really is 
and his heart is clearly tugged by it. It says in John's Gospel that he's a, even more afraid. He's afraid of Jesus. He's afraid because he has some level of belief within him. He believes it's possible that Jesus could be a son of God. If you think about it in the Roman pantheon of belief, how many times do Roman gods come down in human flesh, or the Greek gods come down in human flesh, and they wreak havoc upon those who disbelieve in them and don't honor them as they should? Um, there is this sense in which within his religious worldview, it's entirely possible that the man before him is um, God himself. Uh, which is extraordinary. We don't think about that very often. We always think that the Romans are atheists. The Romans are far from being atheists. Um, I think his wife yeah. knows the truth. She, she knows does. the truth. Yeah, she does. He asks her, how do you recognize truth? Can you tell the truth <coughs> when, you see, when you hear it, when you see it? And she says, yes. Yeah. That's how she recognizes in the dream that this man really is from God, that he is a holy man going to subject you to one more. This is from the Visual Bible, which is word for word according to the Gospel of John. I'm going to move ahead a little bit. about this one the production values are not good but it is word for word from scripture do you see how bold Jesus is Jesus engages him and doesn't even look down once I know Franco Zeffirelli is trying to get this ethereal divine Jesus in there Jesus looks him right in the eye and what does Pilate do but he's forced to look away and recognize he doesn't know what truth is Jesus here is bold. His robe actually fits him, unlike being the big one in Zeffirelli where he looks small and pitiful. He um, is not so beat up at this point, thank you Mel Gibson, that he's able to actually interact as a real human being with Pilate rather than just being kind of this piece of meat. He is um, challenging Pilate, and this is exactly what John wrote. I'm going to go ahead. Sorry, the quality of this one is not as good. 
You take him then and crucify him. I find no reason to condemn him. We have a law that says he ought to die because he claims to be the son of God. He's more afraid. Pilate is most afraid of him. In verse 9, he says, Where are you from? In John's Gospel. And Jesus gives him no answer. Jesus is said to be silent in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And here in John's Gospel, he's had all of this interaction. But the truth of it is that at the very moment, when with one word, he could, uh, he could have Pilate completely set him free. This is the moment when he stands silent. And that's where we get that, um, where the, the um, first disciples of Jesus understood Isaiah's um, prophecy to be applied to Jesus. Isaiah wrote in um, chapter 53, he said, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. As human beings, we desire to claim for ourselves the prerogative of God to be our own judge and our neighbor's judge. And I think of this in terms of how often do I verbally try to justify myself. Um, I think sometimes uh, once I start, once someone pointed this out to me, I couldn't help but notice how often I do it. I'm perpetually late everywhere. And my first thing that I want to do when I'm late is to give an excuse to justify my lateness. Well, I was, there was traffic. There was this. I was, I ran into this. and this self-justification, we do it all the time. How many times do we try to excuse ourselves verbally? And it's almost, for me, it's almost like a ticker tape coming out of my mouth. I see myself doing it, and then I'm like, oh, no, ah, ah, or it's too late. Or I'll look back and say, I was really trying to make someone like me, even though I really did something that was not right. Or I valued my time over their time in being late. And yet I still want them to think that I'm innocent of, um, of discrediting their time. And um, in that verbal self-justification, what we find here is that Jesus, the one who is righteous, 
uh, on his own, he here says nothing to justify himself before Pontius Pilate because he knows the real layer of um, the upper layer of truth of what's going on. Pilate thinks that he is stuck with this conundrum of how do I how do I pass judgment on this man? He perceives that he is the judge in the situation, and yet everything that Jesus is doing and saying, especially in this last version points to the ultimate truth and the ultimate reality, this truth that Pilate says that he is seeking. And this ultimate reality is that Jesus himself is the true judge and that um, how, our, um, how we, like Pilate, decide about Jesus in this lifetime uh, determines uh, how Jesus the judge, um, how we will face Jesus the judge at the end. Will we face him um, with fear and with that ticker tape self-justification. Well, I just really didn't have time to worship you, Jesus. Uh, you are really important to me. There was just a lot going on. There was this. There was that. But no, um, in fact, Jesus there in his silence, he puts himself into our place um, for um, that uh, all of our sins, but I think especially for the sin of pride that causes us to self-justify, to make excuses for ourselves. Um, Jesus takes on for himself um, that role of judge and justifier um, by going to the cross, by right there standing before Pilate, silent, allowing Pilate to pass judgment on on him. And so Jesus takes upon himself the penalty that is rightly ours. Isaiah also says in that same passage in chapter 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I forgot that we were singing this today. But how about this hymn that is so exactly this? Who was the guilty? Who brought this upon thee? Alas, my treason, Jesus, hath undone thee. T'was I, Lord Jesus, I it was denied thee. I crucified thee. Therefore, kind Jesus, since I cannot pay thee, I do adore thee and will ever pray thee. Think on thy pity and thy love unswerving, not my deserving. We don't deserve his love for us, and yet he stood in our place. He stood as one silent, something that we cannot do. Um, And he went to death on our behalf so that we might be like Barabbas, exchanged, set free, Barabbas' cross was the one that Jesus died on. Uh, Our cross was the one that Jesus died on. So for that, we can say thanks be to God.